This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So welcome back, listeners. So we got another episode here with a lot of content here. So the first one we're going to talk about, because I want to get this out of the way, and I talked about this last time, and I'm talking about, of course, it's official, folks. Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti are now officially a couple. Yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. You're saying, I knew it. I knew they were a couple. Well, the truth is, we don't know Jack. That's the problem. Look, we don't know how long that Sammy had feelings for Tay. I mean... From what I understand from Fuego's uh, tweet that he made, uh, as soon as this was made official, exactly on mi uh, midnight of the new year, on uh, the start of 2022, that's when we saw that um, Sammy and Tay were uh, were giving each other a kiss. But according to what Fuego said, he said that Tay was there for him when he was dealing with it. Now, we do know for a fact that Sammy's relationship with Pam ended in October. It's still unclear how long have Tay has been trying to help him the the deal with it, like trying to get him over it, trying to help him move on with what the scenario is, and it's still unclear. And I know that what led people to believe that Tay was in fact responsible for the breakup of both Sammy and Pam. But look, there's people that saw prior when this whole thing happened, when when this whole thing was getting out of hand about Tay being accused as a home wrecker or whatever. Uh, let's just keep in mind here, folks, both Sammy and Tay are grown adults, okay? They can do whatever they want. If they want to be in a relationship, that is up to them. That's up to them. All we can do for them is be happy. That's all that matters, okay? I don't know if how hurt, if how hurt Sammy was losing Pam, not being, ending the relationship, you know? But if Tay was there for him, then I'd praise her that she somehow got... And got somehow got him to get through it, and everybody needs to have love in their lives. That's all that matters. But as far as I know, what people are saying about this, they need to shut the fucking up and just be happy for for them. All right. So I'm gonna end it right there. So for all you haters, fuck you. Now, this I normally don't do this, but I feel I have to, and I'm gonna do this again a little later. Let's talk about. Matches. The first one I like is coming from DDT Pro Wrestling. This one took place on the thirty, no, on the twenty-sixth of December of last year of twenty twenty-one, for the Nevermind Yo Yogi uh, show with DDT Pro Wrestling, and this was an interesting match. This is from the group uh, two teams. First team is Eruption, consistent of Saki Akia, Yukio Sakaguchi, Kasusada. Iguchi. Now, their opponents was a very unusual team up. This is between the Ito Respect Army, consistent of the cutest girl in the cutest in the world. I'm talking about Hello, motherfuckers! I'm talking about Maki Ito and Chris Brooks. And their tag team partner, I don't know if you guys know or not. They teamed up with Minora Suzuki. Yes, you heard me right. Minora Suzuki team. Now, I when I first heard about this, this was a very unusual. This is how it happens. 
uh, Maki Ito made a decision that she wants to recruit um, Minoru Suzuki into the group. Now, Chris Brooks, according to him, knows um, Suzuki, and he said three years prior before this encounter that they had a match together. And, of course, Maki Ito has no clue exactly what, like, how to exactly make things clear for Minoru Suzuki. Now, I'm not saying he's old. It's just that Minoru Suzuki is a, a different type of person, the way he, he acts. So, Chris Brooks had to make this very clear for him so he can understand. Tell him, you know, we know, hey, uh, we need you for this, uh, want to recruit you for this match and all this and that. At first, he was reluctant, but if those who don't know that how did this happen, it goes where uh, Maki Ito goes to uh, Minoru Suzuki's store down in Harajuku in Tokyo, Japan. And his store is called Power Driver. Very interesting um, place. There's, uh, of course, Hiroyo Matsumoto, who actually works there too. So does uh, Choco Pro's um, Sayaka. But but yeah, so they went to the store to buy some, to talk to him. But he said, I'll join you unless you spend 10,000 yen to for me to um, you know be part of it. So let's do the math. If he wants them to spend 10,000 yen on some merchandise in his store, how much is that, of course, in American dollars? Because that is something we definitely don't know because I, I suck at math. You know what I mean? If you guys know me, don't know me that well, I just... Let's see. Oh, according to this, it costs like almost $86.66 for 10,000 yen. That's a bit of much of expensive, but yeah. But, of course, they did buy some stuff. Makito had little questions about his career and all this. And, of course, they had a game plan. So, basically, um, Minoru Suzuki has sort of like a beef with Yukio Sakaguchi. They're both almost the same. Uh, Chris Brooks has to take on, uh, you know, uh, Saki Akia, who's a girl in Eruption. But they have, like, almost the same body type, but... Apparently, Shimaki Ito had his pair take on Igu, um, Iguchi, who's a bit more taller and bigger, but I thought it was pretty fun. But the match itself, what, oh my god, it was a unique match. I was, I couldn't stop laughing because it was a different dynamic. If you guys know Minoru Suzuki, he's the kind of guy who doesn't give a shit. He just dared to beat up anybody that stands in his way. That's who it was. And, and sometimes he loses control. But whatever he tagged, there was a moment where Maki Ito asked to be tagged and Minoru Suzuki gave her that look. He slaps, he slaps her in the face. Not hard, but slaps her enough to feel it. It's like, okay, you're in. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. I just, I thought it was a pretty fun match. Very interesting. And no, Minoru Suzuki is not a member of the Ito Respect RV. He's a Suzuki goon. Keep in mind. I just, I just love this. I just. I laughed so hard, I couldn't stop enjoying that. When I watched this match, I was out having breakfast, watching it on my phone, and I just couldn't stop laughing. It was so awesome. I would say this is one of the most fun matches I've ever seen in my life. A different dynamic. But I do recommend if you guys do watch it. Um, someone posted it on YouTube. I just don't remember who actually is the YouTube channel that um, posted it. But if you guys have um, the 
Wrestle Universe or something where or whatever it is, you can see it from there. I'm like, or the easiest one, you can go on watchprowrestling.live and you can see it right there. The name of the event is DDT Nevermind in Yoyogi. And you can see it from there. So if you guys are interested, go ahead, check it out. It's pretty fun. Uh, just don't remember what match is it because the video I saw it on YouTube, it was already directly to it. Now, I have spoken about this promotion before, and I'm talking about Seedling. Uh, it's been now revealed that uh, Nanane Takahashi, who is the founder, co-founder of Seedling, has announced this past December on the 14th that she's stepping down as a, as president and wrestler. Now, this was a very unusual move, apparently, because she's been part of this company for almost six years. She founded it with Tayo Natsuzuki. Um, it's still unclear why, but it turns out that uh, Nanane has dealt in the past with depression that dated back almost, what, four or five years ago, back in 2017, from my understanding. I mean... Depression is no joke, folks. Um, I, I've been in that situation long ago, but luckily I got help. And also she was dealing with a knee injury, and I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. You know, it, it, it could be a problem, but here's the thing. I don't know if it's that serious because from my understanding, her age is about 42. She's 42 years old. I'm like, hmm, it's unusual. But, however, if this is what's been dealing with her this entire time, it would make absolute sense. But, however, uh, she did have to drop the tag titles because she did team with um, Hiroyo Matsumoto. And they just recently lost the titles on their last show of 2021 final battle uh, against uh, La Fresca de Goaista, consistent of Asuka and Makoto. Not Asuka from uh, WWE. This is another Asuka. But, yeah. But uh, she did state that this could be her final run for this year, hopefully, if that's the case, to be a wrestler. So she said that she's going to be switching from being in a promotion to switching to being a freelancer. Now, some of you probably say, why would she want to go freelance? Isn't that really dumb? That's true, but however, there is um, a commonology of this. The reason they jumped to freelance is because it's like their sign of saying, okay, we're about to retire. I seen that already with um, Kagetsu, who retired almost two. She retired two years ago, and she did a lot of freelance work prior before her official last match again in Stardom, where they do that traditional where everybody you have to face the entire roster under one minute each match. But, uh, but she did state she wants to make the most of it before she retires. Now. I don't know why she's stepping down as president. To me, as a, as someone who should see, okay, if you're having problems with your knee as a wrestler, I mean, you should not uh, step down as president. I mean, retired as a just completely, just retired in in-ring work and just stay with the company. But if she's dealing like she can't trust herself right now with running the company, I understand that. Then she's trying to do what is best for her company. And I totally respect it. And... I wish her nothing for the best of luck, and hopefully maybe one day we will hear from her in the future, maybe making a comeback or just making appearances, whatever the scenario is. Now, the next one is a, another match that I want to talk about. 
This one it just recently happened on the 30th of December of 2021. It's on by AAW. Um, This is a Chicago-based promotion. And, of course, their latest event, which was the last show of 2021, Unstoppable. And this one is Josh Alexander versus Ruby Soho. Yes, folks, you heard me right. Josh Alexander, the walkie weapon who was uh, Impact Wrestling World Champion for a few minutes, taking on Ruby Soho. Now, why is that? Okay, I have been aware for quite some time prior before uh, Ruby was released from the company. turns out that she had made a lot of appearances prior before going to WWE uh, at AAW when she was known as Heidi Loveless. Um, basically, uh, she wanted to go back to where it all began. And, of course, it's like you're retra- uh, going back to your roots. It, that is something we have to deal with in our own lives, and I, I respect that out of her. But her choice of opponent was very, very unusual to me. The reason I say this is that I don't remember if there was any matches she ever had in intergender matches. I mean, we normally see intergender matches in the independents, but never in um in major promotions, but I just don't recall. Now, Josh Alexander uh kind of was laughing at it, like saying, I'll sleep on it. So basically it's like he's questioned, why would you challenge me? You know who I am. I'm the walking weapon. Now the reason this match was set is because it's telling the story, okay, Josh Alexander, who we all know is a fantastic wrestler. I love what he does. He's the kind of guy who is was, is willing to step up against anybody that gets in his way. And that kind of tells me a lot because he's trying to be the face of AAW. Ruby was the face of AAW. And now it's like, who is the best? And I have to say there were some great moments in this particular match. Ruby Soho giving the finger to Josh Alexander. And I think Josh took that like, ha <laughs> very funny. Or he just enjoys like, yeah. This is the same agnostic girl I remember from all those years. But I just loved the match. It, but, however, Ruby had no other choice but to tap out as soon as she... No, she lost after she... Uh, what's his name? Josh Alexander did a super tombstone onto her on top of the ter- corner turnbuckle. And bammo, it was over from there. But I have to say, Ruby had a lot of heart. And I hope we get to see her more at AAW. Now, some of you probably say, would AEW allow it? Of course. The thing is this. A lot of the independent shows takes place during the weekends. Like, some independent shows takes place once a month. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. But if her returning for that, that's pretty much. This wasn't the only independent show she, she went to. She also went to Beyond Wrestling. And I haven't reviewed that match, and her match was against jo- uh, Alex Shelley. I would love to see that match, see how that goes, and I'll probably put this on the podcast for all of you guys to hear. So I think that's pretty much it, what I got for this one. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the recent development that took place on Stardom on this pa- um, on the 3rd of, the, of January. Stardom had their recent event, which called Awards, which every year at the start of the year, they give awards to uh, the wrestlers who have done a good job during the year of 2021. Uh, I'm not going to get too much of that. But however, the developments that took place 
One was, of course, this happened after the match when, um, of course, I mentioned this. Queen's Quest, consistent of Sayakamitani, Azumi, and Utami Ayashida, taking on Oda Tai's um, Sa uh, Momo Wananabe, Saki Kashima, and, of course, Fukigen Neff. Uh, it was Azumi who won the match, but however, during this assault, because the numbers were game, it was 6 on 3, but later became a 6 on 4, when all of a sudden, Lady C appeared. Now, keep in mind, those who don't know this, Lady C was the only wrestler in stardom who was not affiliated with any, any faction, and she showed up and helped Queen's Quest. Now, Queen's Quest kind of like, we're a bit surprised of her making the save. But now, there was no subtitles and um, translation to this, but I would love to see it. But it kind of tells us, like, she chose to be with Queen's Quest because apparently they say that one of the, these girls was part of her actual debut when she debuted in Ring. And I'm like, it make perfect sense. Now, I know some of you who, who follow Lady C or not, uh... There was an indication that people would have loved to seen her go to DDM because on certain occasions they have teamed up. Lady C did come, uh, uh, did mention on Twitter that uh, she rarely gets to team up with people from Queen's Quest, but uh, it would make a lot of sense. And I know this her move going to Queen's Quest helped them because I think right now their their spirits have been broken when Momo betrayed them. But having Lady C join them, that is something very good for them. I think this is what they need. After having Momo betray them and having Lady C join, it would give them a much good edge. Some people said they're probably better off with just three, you know, because the original founders were three. It was Io Shirai, Momo, and Azuki. But I don't think it matters. Now, some of you say, why didn't she go with DDM? Uh, if you guys follow the storyline, Lady C was the victim of the mask. Uh, assailants that attack both Waka and Waka Sukiyama uh, and Masukuraya of Cosmic Angels when they just showed up. And of course, I mentioned this, and this is, relates to it. As I mentioned this before, these mask assailants, uh, this dates back all the way to November or October. Masukurai and was in a and Waka Sukiyama of Cosmic Angels. They were in a one-on-one -on -one match during the Kawasaki Super Wars. They were part of the opening match. My won that match, but all of a sudden, this mask assailant attacked her. It was still unclear what's going on. Why would they attack? And then once again, a month later, during the Tokyo Super Wars, this was part of the opening match for the Future of Stardom title, where both Waka and Mai... Um, were involved in a, ta a title match for the Future Stardom title against Ruka. Uh, just to keep inside note, Ruka is no longer the Future Stardom belt. Uh, that's for another conversation. Once again, the Mask Assailant shows up and attack all three of them. It's still unclear who it was. And it happened again with... And then all of a sudden, it's not a coincidence that here comes a third time a month later in Osaka. That This time, it was two Mask Assailants. And it was, of course... Waka and Mai teaming up with Lady C in a three-on-one match. These two assailants showed up and attacked them both. It's still unclear why. Why did she, they attack them? And then all of a sudden, near the end of the year, in the 29th, that's when it happened. Or no, the, was it no, the 25th? 
or 24. I don't know. Somewhere around here during the in the in Cork and Hall, the year climax. Now I remember it was the year climax. This time there were three mask assailants that showed up, attacked not only Waka and Mai. They attacked everybody who was in the ring with both. The Tam was teaming with Waka and and Mai. But they attacked also the winners of that match, which was the stars, consistent of Azuki, Koguma, and Mayu, uh, Mayu. But Mayu and Tam kicked one of them in the face. It revealed to be Julia. Yes, folks. The leader of DDM, Julia, was behind it. And the reason she attacked Waka and Mai was because she viewed you recruited crappy wrestlers. And now she's making a play. And then she revealed these two right here are going to be the newer members starting of 2022. And that's where it all began. Now, go back to Lady C. Lady C was a bit disappointed because she already made her decision. She was planning on joining DDM. But, however, because of this attack, it changed her mind and chose something better. Now, back to the assailants. Who the hell were these two assailants? And that's where it was revealed. It was none other than Tekla, who recently just resigned her position with with Ice Ribbon, which is another Yoshi promotion. And fortunately, from what I understand, she has a relationship with Julia because Julia was also part of I Ice Ribbon prior before going to stardom. And the next person was um, Mirai Mayumi, who recently came from uh, Tokyo Ishi Pro. I do know that back in September, early September, she left the promotion saying that she was done. Her contract expired back in August, but she was leaving and there was indications and signs that she was heading to stardom. Now, I haven't heard anything from after that for months, and now it makes perfect sense. So basically now these two are now the newer members of DDM. And they were recently teaming with Julia to take on both uh, Cosmic Angels, Unagi Sayaka, Tam Nakano, and Mai Sukurai. But here's the interesting part. My, um, Mirai and of course, knows personally both Unagi and Mina because they're both, they all came from the same promotion, uh, Tokyo Shi Pro. And this was a very interesting development that took place. Now we have seven members of in the, in the end, but there's those who are saying that Himika should be leaving soon because uh, th they're building the story where Himika and Natsupoi had their issues in the past. But I don't, I don't see any of that coming soon. But this is the, the developments that took place in Stardom, so I was like a bit, uh, bit surprised. But I think the one that kind of surprised me was Lady C's choice to join a Queen's Quest. But that's how it goes. But there was indications there were those are saying she could join cosmic angels but no but tecla would make sense and so is me to but looks like ddm are now trying to be the the faction that would be the top faction right now in stardom because from my understanding uh what's their name oda tai has won the award for best uh unit in stardom so i wouldn't be surprised if ddm is, steps into that so that's what i see well, I hope everybody enjoys this episode, me talking about this amazing content for all of you. Uh, there'll be more coming up next week. Um, we'll see after that. But for now, I'll see you guys on the next podcast time, same podcast channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So 
Goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. Bang!